Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Actually, I was working on something else uh, yesterday and, and felt, uh, felt like I should go a different direction. So I want to look at some things this morning. I believe will be a help to us. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let me get there myself. I usually write the scriptures down or copy and paste them into my notes, but sometimes I copy and paste incorrectly and, uh, and I'm reading the wrong scripture. So let me make sure we got this right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Scripture that, uh, that many of you know and have read before. I tell you, it's such an awesome, awesome thing when you dwell upon uh, these facts and these things that are stated here. In verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him this morning? Well, the good news, if you love him, God has prepared things for you that go beyond your wildest imagination. And I know we, these, this is something that, like, like I said, many of us have read these scriptures before and are aware of this, but uh, it's, it's, we don't really fully understand the scope of what this means. Eye has not seen nor ear heard. That means it's beyond human reasoning what God has prepared for us. And, of course, we know when we get to heaven, uh, it's, it's the song, I can only imagine. We can only imagine what it'll be like, you know, to stand before Jesus, but to, to see the greatness of, of that place and really the, the plan of God for eternity laid out. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing, but he has things in store for us today. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of the man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, and that means even right now. God has prepared things for us, for, for those who love him, and it, they're amazing. Verse 10, it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And so we're not without help in finding these things. You know, and, and really, I believe if we'll continue to pursue the Lord, continue to pursue our relationship with Jesus, stay open to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, he'll begin to, to uh, uh, reveal and unfold those things in our life every day, give us a clearer picture, because that's what he's here to do. The Holy Spirit is here to be the revealer of truth. He's here to teach, to guide, to lead, to impart. I mean, he's here to, to perform all of these things. He is the working arm, the active working part of the Godhead, and he is actively wanting to work in our lives, amen? And so if we'll be open to that, then we'll, we'll begin to see those things begin to uh, have these things revealed in our lives so that we can pursue them and attain them. Amen. And the Amplified of this, I love this, it says that speaking of these things, it says that uh, all that all that God prepared made and keeps ready for those who love him. So there are things that God has made, but it's not just that he made them, he's keeping it ready. It's one thing, you know, uh, those of you who like to cook, you know, or, or I'm, I i be honest, I could burn water, so I'm not a good cook uh, at all. I actually did, I've said this before, I actually ruined instant rice once, and so I, uh, that's pretty bad. But anyway, Amy's a good cook, and so she makes things, but you know, you can make something, but if, 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 if you're not ready to eat it when it's ready, I know that sometimes something probably bugs her a little bit that I'm not home when the meal is ready, and, and so I'm not exactly on time or something's going on, you know, and uh you can make something, but unless you do something, if we're not where we need to be at the right time, it's not necessarily going to be palatable when we get there. But that's not the way the Lord works. 
And the good news, I'll just say this this morning, no matter where you are in your life, it is not too late and it is not over. It is not too late and it is not over. He has made it and he's keeping it ready for you. <laughs> That's good news today. Well, I've messed up so many times, doesn't matter. He made it, and we know the gifts, callings of God, the callings and the gifts, both of them, they're without repentance. He doesn't change his mind or take them back, so they're still yours, but the good news is he's still got them in the oven. He's still keeping them hot. He's still stirring the pot for you, amen. So he has made them, and he is keeping them ready. Woo, praise God. God has prepared, made, and kept or keeps ready those things uh, or for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Those are good scriptures. We can stop right there and just, just meditate on that alone and really have a good service. Amen. There is so much more God has that he wants to do in our life. And I'll say this, you know, like I said before, no matter where you are, it's not over. Let's not give up. Let's not quit pushing forward. Let's not uh, uh, think that the past has overcome our future because it hasn't. What God has done, what Jesus has paid for and established is established forever. Amen. It belongs to us and he intends that we walk in those things. Praise the Lord. But that phrase, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So that word prepared kind of kind of jumped out at me. And in Psalms, the 23rd chapter, it's a, a scripture that we know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, right? And the fifth verse, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. How many know that the Lord is busy preparing things? Even in the midst of the darkest moment, and when it seems like there is no way, he is preparing not just a way through, but a place to sit down and relax and enjoy the beauty of all that's around. Amen? You know, when, when, you're not, when, when, when there's, there's no fear involved, you can be joyful no matter where you are. Amen. And you can enjoy the beauty of even some of the most unhospitable places. When you have your supply and what you need, you can enjoy it, right? It says that uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Uh, John chapter 14, this is uh, in the four, first verses 1 through 4, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. How many know that we still need to make sure we're not letting our hearts be troubled? You believe in God, believe also in me. Of course, this was Jesus speaking. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not, I would have told you. There are many mansions in my father's, uh, uh, my father's house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He goes on to say, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also and where I go now that you are, or and where I go, uh, you know, in the way, you know. So he's preparing a place for us. That means God is actually actively right now preparing our futures for us. That's good. He's actively preparing our futures for us. Not just, not just in this life. He's even preparing a mansion for us in heaven. He is busy. God is actively working on our behalf, even at this moment, right? In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, uh, uh, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Speaking of the, of the, the hall, of faith, it's a hall of faith, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their, their God, for he has prepared a city for them. 
there is a place that God has prepared, custom made for you and me. What we've seen is not the best there is. The best is not behind us. There is just more best coming. The fact is, what God has is always the best, and what we've experienced has been the best, but then there's also more best to be experienced, right? And we might have even missed out on a little bit of best, but the good news is he's keeping those best things ready for you. The oven is still on. The burner's still going, amen? He's preparing these things for us. Revelation says that, uh, 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 speaking of him thinking ahead, that Jesus was the, lame, the uh, lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Can I tell you, no matter where we are, none of it's a surprise, and he already has it figured out. Woo, he already has it figured out. Have you ever been in a place where you just don't know what you're going to do? A couple people, I'll add my yeah to that. I've been there. Well, you just don't know what you're going to do, and it seems like there is no way. It seems like there is no way. I'm sure when Adam and Eve sinned and sold all of us, sold us all into slavery to the enemy, I'm sure in the natural there seemed to be no way. But the good news is Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. He had already prepared our way of escape. Amen. I tell you, this, uh, uh, this thing that God, that we have, this, these things that he has prepared for us, like I said, they've been from the very beginning. And he's got something daily he wants to do in our life. The Bible says he loads us up daily with benefits. Amen. He's got something prepared for you, short-term and long-term, and it's, and, it's, and it's awesome, and it's available to you. In fact, the scripture we open with, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for, uh, for those who love us. Just the verses before it, talking about the rulers of this age. Had they known what was waiting, had they known what God had, was cooking, had they known what God had prepared, they would not have done what they had done. See, God's plan is so good. He'll even use circumstances and things that look like they're bad sometimes to be there for your promotion. The, the, The execution of the Son of God on the service may not have looked like the greatest thing, but it was actually setting us up to be raised with him. Amen. Praise God. See, sometimes, I know I've been there before, you're going through something that just seems so rough and so hopeless that there is a, a temptation to, to throw in the towel and to give up and to quit. God's not done. God's not finished. And he knows exactly where you are, and he's got a way for you. He's prepared the answer for you ahead of time. Amen? One of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees ahead. He's the God who sees ahead. This morning, God has seen ahead. He knows where you are, and he's seen ahead to where you're going, and he knows how to get you to where, from where you are from where you need to, to where you need to be. Amen? You know, I was thinking today, you know, Abraham offering Isaac. You know, Abraham was a man that he was sold out to God. He was uncompromising. He was a person that God could use because he had, an, he had a heart that he was going to pursue the things of God no matter what the cost was. Even to the point, you know, where God had told him to offer up a sacrifice and he was going to offer up his own son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. And, uh, you know, I'm sure in the moments while he was doing that, I'm sure the, the, the thought probably crossed Abraham's mind or Abram's mind, what is going on here? This is the one you have promised me, and now you're telling me to sacrifice him. Do you think there was an opportunity for doubt to enter into Abram's mind? I'm sure there was. 
But he was a man that was committed. He knew that God is, had, goes before him and knows what's ahead and will provide. So as he marched, marched up, you know, the mountainside and, and with all the things that he needed, there was a ram caught on the other side. Every step he took, God was taking a step to meet the need. Every step he took up one side of the mountain, God was marching up the other side, having the ram climb the other side of the mountain to meet that need. Amen? If you're aware of his nature, if you're aware of anything about who he is, God has good things prepared for his children. He's a good God, and he's active, and he's active in your life. He's active in your life. Every step of obedience that you take, no matter what it looks like, he is taking steps at the same time to meet you at that destination. Amen? His nature is a good. His nature is wonderful. His nature is, is something that will never, ever, ever fail. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, the New Living Bible says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Stephen lets us in on some of what these plans are that he's prepared for. Us. They're plans of good and not of evil. You know, if, if, if there's reluctance in our life to yield ourselves to, to the plan of God, it's because we don't understand how good God is. We don't understand how wonderful he is, how compassionate he is towards us. I was thinking this morning in the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5, I know I'm reading several to you, but this is how the Amplified, talking about casting the whole of our care, casting the whole of, your, of our care, all of our anxieties, all of our worries, all of our concerns once and for all on him. Why? Because he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That implies and lets us know that his care is not just passive, it's an active care. His care is not something that's on the surface. You ever said somebody said something to you and it was just a real, just a real service deal, but there was no intention for them to do anything about it? That's not God. His attention and his affection, his plan, all these plans, they're good plans, and he's watching over them carefully to, prepare, to produce them in our, in our life. Listen, God wants us to live in and to experience all that he has set up for us. He wants us to experience those things. He wants you as an individual believer to experience all of the plans that he has prepared for you. He wants you to have those things. In fact, he wants you to have and, and enjoy those things and experience those things more than you want to enjoy or experience those things. He desires them for your life. It's comforting to know that our Heavenly Father is that interested in the every single day details of our life. And he's looking to perform good things in us. But I'm to ask you that question. Are you preparing for what he has prepared for you? Are you preparing for what he has prepared for you? Taking the necessary steps to experience what God has prepared, what he has made and keeps ready. Are you taking those necessary steps? Like I said of Abraham, you know that uh, one of the things about Abraham, he was someone that would obey instantly. And every step up that mountainside was a step towards what God had prepared for him. That lamb was making its way, that ram, up the other side of the hill to get caught in the bushes. But every step of Abraham, had he not taken those steps, he would have never seen what God had prepared for him. In fact, he'd have missed out not just on that day, but he missed out on everything the next day, the next day, and the next day, and the next day. It would have caused a chain reaction of missing out on the things that God had prepared for him. So are you preparing for what God has prepared for you? Are you actively preparing your life 
for what God has prepared for you? These are questions that, uh, that we have to ask ourselves. And I, and I know we're all the same. Human nature is the same. We would like for God to do everything for us, right? God is sovereign. He's in control. No, God thinks so highly of us that he, he, he wants to have a working relationship with us. You know, part of the thing of free will is you have to have options. When he, get, when he has a plan for you, something he's provided for you, there's got to be another option for you to choose or else you don't have free will. You can either have his best, you can have plan A, which is always the best, or you can take plan B, and that's just anything else, right? And so, you know, there, our decision-making, our participation must be involved because he holds us in such high esteem and high regard. In fact, he made us to be just like him. We were created in his image and in his likeness. We, his spiritual DNA is our spiritual DNA. Now, we're not him, but we're made to look just like him. My kids look a lot like me. They look just like me, in fact, but they're not me, right? There are things they can't do that dad can do, but they look just like me. And they function on the same level of, of, of activity experience that I do, but, but, but they're also, because of that, I don't do everything for them. Because they're made just like me, I don't do everything for them. Now, when they're young, you know, you do some things for them. I think uh, Brother Christopher talked about this last Sunday about, uh, you know, a, a newborn or, or someone who's a, a newborn. You change their diaper for them. Well, when they're 16, you're not changing diapers anymore. You shouldn't be, right? You, if they're healthy and normal, you expect them to take care of some stuff for themselves, right? Why? Because they're capable. And so a lot of times the enemy would tell us or life would tell us you're not capable but the ultimate authority, God himself, says you are capable. You are capable. You are capable. You are able to do what God has called you to. You are able to pursue him and experience what he has for you. But are you taking steps? Are you preparing yourself for that? Like I said, there are many things that we would like to see God do for us, you know, like kick back and drink a, a mocha latte or something. But that's not the way that works. Our participation is required, but really it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing that we get to participate with the plan of God. And of course, there's an aspect of God's grace that's involved. There are things, the Bible says that he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. There are just certain things in life that God does because he's good. And even in the midst of our times of being unfaithful, God is always faithful. But there, but there is a, a greater aspect of that. And thank God for the grace of God. But you know, how many know that we shouldn't just depend upon the grace of God alone? Make sure we clarify that. You never lose sight of the grace of God. And, we're, and no matter what we're doing, we're still depending upon the grace of God. Do you understand that? What I'm saying is making it a habit of not doing anything on our part and letting God do everything else. There was grace upon Abraham's life. There was grace upon him and his family. There was grace upon him. But he still had to take those steps. He still had to walk up that mountain. It's the truth. We know this to be true. We know this to be the case. But there are many who have never entered into or experienced what God has for them. The things that he has kept prepared, that he has kept, that he's keeping ready. We must push forward if we're going to enter into these things. One thing that Brother Hagin said uh, that stuck with me and I've heard as a, as a very young person, he said, preparation time is never wasted time. Preparation time is never wasted time. And I know this subject might not be something that people are like, oh, praise God, I get work to do. But you know what? It's so important. I said it's so important. Preparation time is never wasted time. You know, uh, 
A few years ago, I had a was having some lower abdominal pain. It wasn't a kidney stone. That was uh, before that, but it was having some lower abdominal pain. wasn't sure what was going on, and and uh, anyway, we made ourselves made our way to the emergency room. You know, went to went to see our doctor, and he said you ought to go to the emergency room. And I'm being hard headed. I said, well, I'll go tomorrow or the day after. Let's see what happens. And I was having appendicitis, and uh, and so I finally made my way there. And so uh, they scheduled immediately scheduled me to have surgery. And uh, I met my doctor, the, the surgeon, Dr. Rose, came out. And, uh, you know, I was really grateful to know that I wasn't his first surgery. You can't, I can't tell you how comforted I was to know when he walked up and said, hey, I'm Dr. Rose. And just so you know, I've done a bunch of these, no big deal. That actually, yes, I was praying for my doctor that he would know what he was doing. But that also made me feel better that my doctor knew what he was doing. Had he walked up and said, you know what, I'm not a doctor. I've never done one. I don't even know where the appendix is, but we'll get in there and we'll figure it out. I just said, you know what? <laughs> I'll pass, right? I would rather do it myself than let somebody like that do it, right? And so, you know, his preparation time was, was vital for it to produce the blessing that his skills and his gifts are intended to produce. I'm glad it wasn't his first surgery. There is preparation time that is necessary if God is going to use you the way he planned to use you, if he's going to do in your life what he wants to do. Go over to Galatians, the first chapter, Galatians chapter 1. Galatians, the first chapter. Thank God for times of preparation. If we're faithful, thank God for times of preparation. In Galatians, the uh, first chapter, we'll start in the 15th verse. Galatians 1.15, it says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I may preach him among the Gentiles. So Paul had an idea. Already had seen plainly what God had called him to do. And then it goes on to say, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. I'm sure Paul was really looking forward to those three years in the desert. I'm sure Paul probably loved the three years in the desert. But those three years in the desert were necessary for Paul to be ready to do what God had called him to do. Oftentimes we miss our opportunity because we're unwilling to pay the price that's necessary ahead of time. Right? You got to know this, the times of preparation are not the times you camp out and stay forever. They're just that, times of preparation. And if we're faithful, God will move us on out of those areas. You know, I'm excited those who come to know Jesus, you know, for the first time and they're just so excited to, to get involved. You can see Paul was just so excited to do what God had called him to do. And you know, say this, as a church, as we grow and as people come in, we ought, to, we ought to love that and embrace that when new people come in. And they're just so in love with Jesus. I've seen, unfortunately, it's a side note, I've seen it happen all too many times that, that some of us more experienced believers look down on that from time to time. I've heard comments people make, this is a total side thought, but I've seen comments, well, they'll, they'll get past this. Almost as if an excitement and a love for their newfound Savior is something we ought to want to pass on by. I don't know if you've ever heard those statements, but I've heard them. I've heard them before. When people come in, we ought, we ought to foster that. 
But we also ought to be encouraged by that and also remember our first love for Jesus and, and all the excitement it was when we first came to know him. But let me know that as you walk your Christian walk that uh, there is a honeymoon period that begins, but, but there also comes in a time of testing and a time of preparation into our lives that we must go through, that we must experience if we're going to grow up and develop, right? It's like teaching your kid to ride a bike, and if you're going to do it, they're going to, they're, they're going to be times of you running up and down the road with them. They've got to be willing to run up and down the road and ride their bike and possibly wipe out a few times, but the benefit is learning to do it for themselves. We've got to be willing to run along with these people and be a help. I tell you, if, if, if and we do a good job of this, but we can, we can get better. Maintaining a culture where when people come in, when a baby comes in, we nurture them. And we don't get upset because they might make a mess or two, but understand that that's what babies do. But at the same point, we continue to patiently groom and train and lead and direct by example, not just word, not just correction, but by example what to do. In one aspect, we can be good older brothers and sisters. Any of you have a bad older brother or sister who maybe didn't show you things? Don't raise any hands. Be a good older brother or sister. Kendra's like, yeah, that's me. Mine was great, in case you're listening, Steve. Uh, having a, a, an older brother, someone who can show you the ropes, is so important. Preparation time is so, so, so important. You know, several years ago, I ran my, my first uh, Savage Race that, um, that we did, and I thank God for somebody like Sheets and, and Drew, some of the others that, that went with me. And um, I'll be honest with you, I hate to run. I, I've said it before, I, if something's chasing me, chasing me, then I'll consider about running. I, I don't enjoy it at all. And so they had talked me into doing this race. My brother was after me, good older brother, after me to do this race. And so uh, I, I signed up for it, paid my money. Did everything, you know, paying your money is good, but how many know that paying your money doesn't get you ready for something? I thought somewhere in the back of my head, the fact that I did the exercise of, of, of typing in the credit card numbers online, that somehow that would prepare me to run a race. I was wrong. So we got there and we did the race, and I kept thinking, I'll prepare. I'll, I'll, I'm going to take, take a few days off, and I'll prepare. And it gets about a month or two away. I'll, I'll start preparing next week, or I know I need to do this. Okay, the next week I'll prepare. And it finally came down to the, day, the race. I was a few days away from running this race. Hadn't prepared a single bit. I mean, the race was still coming. The date had already been set. The Savage Race people didn't call me and said, are you ready for this race? Because if not, we'll postpone it. They didn't call me. The race was set, and it was happening. And so I decided, at least I showed up. I thought about not showing up, Tim Brown. Uh, oh, did I say that out loud? All right, so anyway. <laughs> at least I showed up. But I tell you what, I thank God for somebody like Sheets, Drew, different ones. I'm sure there were times on that race you looked at my face, and it like, looked like the very picture of death. <laughs> I certainly felt that. Would you agree? There were t I was so glad. There was one particular time in the race, Drew stayed behind because everybody else abandoned me. The whole group, my brother included, flesh and blood, they were gone. I didn't know where they were. Drew stuck with me. And had he not stuck with me, I'd still be there today, right? <laughs> I was, I was, the whole time I'm thinking, you ever had those things, you do something, and you're like, Lord, if I ever do this again, if you'll just deliver me from this, I will never do this again. I promise this was the dumbest thing I've ever done. I'm so very sorry. Just get me through this next 30 seconds, please. I prayed that several times during the race, right? I signed up for it and did it again. I was more prepared the second time, but it was much easier. But, you know, 
we, we, we're all interested in doing those kind of things, but if we don't put the preparation time in it, it can be one of the worst things that happens to us. It can be one of the worst things that happens, some of the most miserable experiences if we don't uh, uh, start our preparation period. Can't lay on the couch, eat ice cream. Nope. Those things are wonderful. Thank God for them. Ice cream will be lots of it in heaven, but you, that doesn't prepare you for a race. You know, some of the fluffy subjects of the word doesn't prepare you for the race God has for you. You can't feed on grace, 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 24-7. Sometimes you got to know a little bit about discipline and sacrifice. Come on now. Grace, grace, grace. Sometimes you got to know how to discipline your flesh, right? Sometimes you, sometimes you got to get into the word. You got to find out and put into practice how to, to control where your mind is going. Yeah, but that's work. Yeah, I know it's work. But that works a whole lot better than being run over by life and the things that the enemy has planned for you. Preparation time is necessary. I thought today about King David. You know, he was the king of Israel, a man after God's own heart. But you know, David was anointed king, called out from the field watching the sheep, called an anointed king. Guess where he went after he was anointed king? Back to watching the sheep. Back to watching the sheep. You would think, you know, it was, I'm sure he was a little upset that his own family didn't think well enough to even call him in from the field when the prophet came. Is this all the boys you got? Because he's not here. And I know the Lord said he'd be amongst your family, one of your kids. Is, he, is this ever like, well, we've got David out in the field, old David. I'm sure that warmed his heart a little bit. They prayed for him. Yep, this is it. This is the man whom God has called. Dad sends him back to the field. Would that, would that bug anybody? Or is that just the thought of it just maybe something would bug me a little bit? Y'all are way holier than me, right? But, you know, there are things that David needed to learn if he was going to be effective doing what God had called him to do. We all know about the time, you know, where David finally came into a place of notoriety. His dad sent him to, to, to meet his brothers on the front lines to, to see how they were doing, bring him some food. And, and Goliath is down there. You know, he's, he's coming against the army of Israel and mocking them. And everybody's too afraid to do anything about it. See, David had been anointed king, but he's been living the life of a shepherd boy. Right? He knew there was something God had for him, but he's living below what God had asked him to do. At least he showed up. But when he got there and he heard this person that was defying the God, his God, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, right? And they said, well, whoever kills him will get all of this stuff, you know, free taxes, all this, you know, the, the king's daughter and her hand in marriage, all of these wonderful things. But that offer was made to everybody, not just David. It wasn't a private audience that the king said, now, David, if you'll take care of this for me, I'll do this, this, and this. He made that offer available to everybody. Any one of those people, they were all uh, children of God. They were all members of the, of the children of Israel. Any one of them could have stepped up and taken this battle on. The offer was made to all of them, but only one man actually did it. And what caused him to know, to have the, 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 uh, the confidence rise up on the inside of him? What prepared him for that moment is because he spent the time in the fields as a shepherd. When the bear, when the lion came, what did he do? He ran. No, he didn't run. He protected his sheep. 
right? When the bear came, what did he do? He ran. No, he protected the sheep, protected his own life and the life of the sheep that were entrusted to him. He was learning something, and I'm sure at those moments he thought he was in the fight of his life. It was just preparing him for something that God had for him. A, 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 remember, God wants us to experience those things he has planned for us. But he needs our participation. He wants us to work with him in those things. What was he doing? He was preparing himself to enter into what God had for him. Preparation is huge. Preparation is everything. Some might say, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do amazing things for God. I'm going to reach my family. I'm going to go across the globe. But what are you doing with the sheep? Are you learning how to use a slingshot? I'm sure David was glad that wasn't his first time using a slingshot. The fact is they tried to put armor on him that didn't fit him. He wasn't trained in. What did he do? He laid that aside and went to what he knew. Right? It's possible the thing that you're facing, maybe even the thing that seems like a fight for your life, is actually preparing you for something God has already prepared for you. A lot of times we want to run from stuff. But I say we need to be like David and run to it. If what you're facing isn't the ultimate prize, then if it is the ultimate prize, we'll keep going after it. But, but we, be willing to look past it. Maybe something, God's got something else for you. You know, I know one thing that happens. A lot of times we get satisfied. We get settled in where we are. We've known the Lord for 30 years, 50 years, whatever it is, and we've achieved a certain level of success, and God has blessed us. As long as you're here, God's got more for you to do. A lot of times we fail to see those, those opportunities never come our way because we quit preparing for them. We get to a certain level and we stop preparing. We get to a certain place in our walk where we, we stop pushing forward. And, and I'm not saying there's a part about living satisfied with where you are. That's very important. If we live a life where we're always looking for something else, you can be very demoralized, right? Remember Paul said, I've learned in everything, whether in lack or abundance, I've learned in everything to be satisfied. Now, it wasn't saying he was satisfied with abundance, but he was saying his joy isn't coming from those things. And it's, and, and it's possible if we're always looking for the next best thing that we can miss out on what's right in front of us or miss out on an opportunity that's coming. But oftentimes those opportunities never come because we find something that just so speaks to us. And we're really not willing to lay that aside. Sometimes we're not willing to let that go to get something else. We got to keep preparing, keep pushing forward for what God has for us. Jesus spent 30 years of preparation. Think about 30 years of preparation. Learning, fine-tuning uh, his skills, learning uh, the things of the word, learning all of these various things, studying, walking with God. It wasn't wasted time. It was necessary. The fact is his preparation was 30 years, but it was the most intense three years of ministry. Had he not done it, even the son of God would have failed at that three years of ministry. He learned to obey by the things he had suffered. There were sufferings. If you're the son of God and somebody's telling you to do the dishes, you're suffering right? I'm the son of God. I shouldn't have to go do the dishes. I'm not taking the trash out again today. No, he learned to put his flesh under and obey instructions. There were lessons he was learning all along the way that was preparing him for what God had called him to do. Maybe it's time for some of us to press into some other things that God has prepared that he's made and is keeping ready. We can't stop pursuing Jesus. We can't stop dreaming. We can't stop uh, letting God speak to us. Even if we missed it a hundred times in the past, those things that he has, he'll continue to bring back to us. Amen.
And there's a difference between being ready and not being ready. When opportunity comes around, we make excuses when we're not ready. There's reasons why we don't do it. But when we're prepared, we step out and we take it. You know, really, our, our actions in our life really reflect what we're doing with our life. Yeah. If you've not, if you've not taken a step in a while, taken a step into something, stepped out into some area, if, if first of all, if you've lost vision for what God has for you and you've not moved towards anything in a while, maybe it's because you've gotten comfortable. Maybe it's because you, you, you need to step it up in these areas. Like I said, it's not necessarily a run and shout subject, but it's so important that we stay on the, on, on the, in the place of always pushing forward. Something that Abraham Lincoln said, he said, I will study, I will prepare, and my opportunity will come. He didn't say my opportunity will come, then I'll study and I'll prepare. He said, I'll study, I'll prepare, and my opportunity will come. Noah built an ark for a hundred years in a place where it never rains or floods. He didn't have power tools. He didn't have DeWalt equipment. Every nail he put in by himself, every tree he cut down himself, every board, board he sawed himself for 100 years. Heard a lot of criticism. Heard a lot of people even dear to him who loved him saying, you've lost your mind. But God was, he was preparing something for God had promised him. His preparation saved his entire family. You know, our walk, uh, we'll, we'll say sometimes preparation time includes uh, getting things into our life, into our heart. Sometimes it includes getting things out of us. Truth is, you know, if for most of us, if God brought everything our way all at once, we'd probably abandon him. That's why God doesn't expect you to remove everything all at once, but he also doesn't bring everything into your life all at once. Our life is a constant walk of faith. Romans 1.17 said, the just shall live by faith. He doesn't put the whole plan out in front of you. He doesn't give you everything you need right up front. He expects you to do your part. But as you do your part and trust in him, God will take you from where you are to where you need to be. I said a couple weeks ago on a Sunday night, Brother Hagin had said, many ministers live and die and never enter into the first phase of what God called them to do. Well, what's been going on the whole time? Well, a lot of other stuff. Well, that's true of ministers. It's true of all of our lives. Oftentimes, God will instruct us to do things, times of preparation that seem so natural and even unnecessary at the time. And I'm hitting on a, a few different things, but, you know, I really want you to kind of look at where you are. There may be some things the Lord has told you to do that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And recently, you know, we let our kids watch uh, uh, The Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid with Mr. Miyagi and Daniel Sun. Remember, remember that movie, you know? You're watching the movie, and so we let them watch it, and uh, I'd forgotten a lot of the movie, but... You know, Mr. Miyagi is preparing him for the, the battle at the end. How did he prepare him? Wax the car. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. How did he prepare him? Paint the fence. Up with the paint, down with the paint. Up with the brush. Y'all remember that? He had him clean the deck. I don't, remember, I don't know what the motion was there, but something deck-oriented, I don't know. And I'm sure, and, and in the movie, Daniel's like, are, you know, are you training me or you just, do you just want a slave? So a lot of times things seem so unnecessary and we don't do it because we don't value it. We don't see the purpose. 
How many know that God's ways are not our ways? His thoughts are not our thoughts. I'm sure David didn't think for a future king, the best place of preparation would be in the field. He probably thought it'd be in the king's court learning the laws. Maybe the best place for me would be learning protocol, how to be king, how to hold my finger when I drink my tea. Maybe that's where I need to be. No, he needed to be in the field. He needed to learn how to keep the sheep together, how to recognize a good source of food for them, a field that would benefit them. When one field was running out, where to take him to the next? These little lessons, how to care for a straggler, how to care for one that's not paying attention. These are things he had to learn. A lot of times these things that he asked, the Lord may ask us to do may not make a whole lot of sense. Think about Jesus, you know, when Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, his very first miracle, he turned the water into wine. It made no sense to get pots of water. It made no sense to get pots of water. To fill them up for water, I'm sure the, 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 the servants were probably thinking, okay, I'm going to take this to the master. I'm going to be in charge. They already had their, it's her fault. He told me to do it, and she told me to do it. I'm sure because Mary was in charge of the feast. I'm sure they had their explanation already ready. The master of the feast drinks it. Why did you bring me water? It was her fault. I'm sure they were ready. It made no sense. It wasn't easy. It took time. They didn't go to the water hose and fill They had to go however they dip it out of the well. It took time. See, oftentimes the things that don't make a whole lot of sense are the very things we need to do. God won't tell you to do what's next until you've done what he's already told you to do. There are some things God cannot do because we've not done our part yet. You know, I've been in times in my life where I've been prepared, and I've been in times in my life where I've not been prepared. Running the race, not prepared. Came back and did it. Actually, the second time I ran the race, I still wasn't prepared. A little better prepared. I was mentally prepared to struggle and suffer, but physically I was still not prepared. Third time I was more prepared, and it was, oh, it was actually not fun, but less embarrassing. It was way better because I had ran a little bit beforehand. I don't think the guys, and the third, the next time I did, it actually led the pack. They were running, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm an athlete. No, I led the, they were taking it easy. They had somebody else they were taking care of. But, you know, I was out in front. Being prepared is way better. Not prepared is, is an awful thing. Go through to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians, the second chapter. Another scripture that, that we know, but boy, it's so good. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Notice he prepared them beforehand. Why? That you should walk in them. The Amplified of that says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life. Notice the good life is attached to walking in the ways he's prepared for you. That way that seems like what you just want to do at the moment but it's not what the Lord has told you to do. It's not the good life. It may be temporarily free of pain. Like me sitting on the couch, watching the calendar get closer and closer. Temporarily, it was free of pain. But when my time of appointment came, 
I was unprepared. Living the good life which God prearranged and made, made ready for us to live. Like I said, the process may be painful at times, but it's still the good life. And you ladies, you've had children. There's a lot of things you go through. I tell you, if, if having children were up to guys, the human race would have died off a long, long time ago. It would have, first generation had been over. I, oh, no, sorry. It's been fun, but I'm out of here. But women, they go through a lot. Amy's had three kids, you know, and, and she went through a lot. I look over at her sometimes like, oh, this is, this is just terrible. Let me roll over so I can't see what's going on. <laughs> so I get at the joke, looking at her, it's so terrible. I'll roll over so I can't see and go back to sleep. Anyway, she suffered. Hard time breathing, you know, and weird cravings and just all this stuff. It was awful. But it was a blessing was there. It was a blessing awaited, awaiting. You know, we can't let temporary pain, uncomfortableness for a season from keeping us from doing what God's called us to do. I know for a fact in this church, there are people, you find yourself in different places. Some are, have been struggling and are, are considering throwing in the towel. Some have seen some things but don't see how it's possible and are deciding to choose option B, thinking, well, it'll be all right. No, don't miss out on what God has for you. Others have arrived, so to speak, and don't see that there's anything else. They're comfortable in their place. This is a constant battle that we go through. As long as we're here, this is a constant battle we're going to go through. Every day we live on this earth, it's going to be a constant thing of weighing the pros and cons, the cost, the expense, and the, is it worth it? Can I tell you, it's worth it? Some of you are in places of influence that are wonderful. Don't get settled in a place of influence. Take, well, ask the Lord, what would he have you to do with that place of influence? He has more influence for you. It might be painful, but it will be glorious if you'll simply obey. Some of you may be facing something that seems like one of the hardest things on your flesh. I, got to, I know the Lord has asked me to do this, and, and, and I'm asking for something else to do, but he, he's not giving me anything else. This is what's on my heart. I know this is what I need to do, but it's just so difficult. Be willing to pay the price. Be willing to do that thing. It's worth it. It's worth it. Has anybody here ever given up anything the Lord has, has asked you to do or made a decision, made a change, and you look back and you thought, man, that was tough, but thank God I did it? Yeah. If you haven't, you need to get to know Jesus. You, get to know, get to, you need to get to know our Father. Because his ways are huge, his plans are big. He's got something supernatural for each of us to do. He's right in the middle of it. He's wanting to be involved in it, but we have to participate. Let's get busy doing whatever he asks us to do. Let's get busy preparing ourselves and getting ready for what's next. Are you listening to me? Make room in your lives for other people. Make room in your schedules for other things. Prepare yourself for things. Start investing, taking a step, one step at a time. God will meet you if you'll do it. There's such a harvest awaiting each of us. A blessing, yes, but of influence and, and, and power and, and really a representation of Christ in this earth that's awaiting us. We can do those things. We can have those things. You can be a part of it. You can be a part of it. I may have, I may have to turn this job down. I may have to make this adjustment. So be it. When it's all said and done, you'll be glad that you did. 
right? I may have to cut this relationship. Well, so be it. You'll be glad that you did. It's worth doing. Amen? Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we're grateful for times of preparation, grateful for the opportunities that we have to get alone with you and to find out what those things are that you have. So we're grateful for that, but also we're grateful for opportunities we have to get ourselves ready and to learn to, to walk with and to flow with and to move with you, Father. We're thankful for that. Lord, we're thankful for every person here this morning, every person that's with us under the sound of my voice today. Father, I thank you. The plans you have for each of them are amazing. They're plans of good and not of evil. They give them the future that they hoped for. Works that you planned beforehand, before the foundations of the world that were tailor-made just for them to walk in them. You set them up so that they could experience those things. New levels of blessing and intimacy with you. New levels of, of a new awareness of your voice. A new level of, of working with you and flowing with you in their daily life. Being someone that you can use to, to give an answer. Someone that you can use to impart life and health into someone. Someone that you can use to, to meet a need, to draw someone closer to you. These are things that you have prepared for each of us. You have done your part. You have prepared them and you have not changed your mind. But Father, I ask today's words would cause us to take a look an evaluation about what we're doing, the steps we're taking, what we're holding valuable over other things. Lord, I know if we'll do this, I know your grace is surely there to meet us. Your help is surely there to meet us. Father, I thank you. This is a church of people, a fellowship of believers who are passionate about you, who want all that you have secured for us. They want every bit of it. They want to do everything you've called them to do. This is a group of people that desire everything you have for us. I speak it by faith. I expect it, Lord. I know it's true. And I know you're continuing to work in us. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.